Welcome one and all. Man, I'm so glad you're here. Well, with it being Valentine's Day, I think it appropriate to have a little word for all the men present and online on what not to do. Seems this man was on his way home from work on Valentine's Day, and he stopped by the department store and went to the lady there behind the counter, the sales lady, said, I need to get something special for my girl, and she suggested some perfume. She handed him this beautifully decorated bottle, pulled it there from under the, the glass counter, and she said it sells for $300 an ounce, and she, she will love it. And he said, well, I'm looking for something a little cheaper. She said, well, all right. She got another bottle decorated a little smaller. She said, this is for $150 an ounce. And he said, I'm still looking for something a little cheaper. And she said, all right, I've got one from Rome. It's a quarter-ounce bottle. And this is a beautiful fragrance, and it only sells for $75 an ounce. And so I'm just giving you a quarter ounce. He said, ma'am, I'm, I'm looking for something really cheap. Well, now she just got disgusted. And she reached under and got a mirror and held it right up in front of him. She said, there you go. <laughs> okay, guys, we've got to do better than that. Now, I'm not an Alabama fan, but I am a Bear Bryant fan. Maybe that's because he's from Arkansas. And maybe it's because he said things like this. Look at this girl. I'm just a plow hand from Arkansas, but I've learned how to hold a team together, how to lift some men up, how to calm down others, until finally they've got one heartbeat together, a team. There's just three things I'd ever say. If anything goes bad, I did it. If anything goes semi-good, then we did it. If anything goes real good, then you did it. That's all it takes to get people to win football games. Now, after reading the third chapter of Nehemiah, I think Bear Bryant borrowed something from Nehemiah's playbook. Some preachers skip over this third chapter. If you've read Nehemiah 3, you can see why. It's kind of like reading a Hebrew phone book. It's just one name after another. But because the wall was going up real good, as Coach Bryant would say, Nehemiah was quick to name the names of the people who did it. It's as though he went to every one of these families. You did it. And the names of these people were from all walks of life. They were priests and Levites and other temple workers, goldsmiths, perfumers, merchants, officials, men, women. What's the point? All are called to work. No one's left out. Young, old, rich, poor, educated, blue-collar, white-collar, it doesn't matter. Warren Wearsby, in his commentary about this passage, says that 42 different groups are identified in this one chapter alone. In God's will, in his kingdom, everyone is called because everyone has something to offer. God's plan calls for all kinds of people to join in to complete his purposes, whatever they are. We're called to work. There's another phrase. It says, opposite his house, again and again. Look at verse 10. Jediah repaired opposite his house. Verse 23, Benjamin and Hashab repaired opposite their house. Verse 28, above the horse gate, the priests repaired each opposite his own house. Point, all are called to work and all are to start where they are. Start at home. D.L. Moody said, if everybody would sweep the area in front of their own home, then the whole street would be clean. 
Bloom where you're planted. Start where you are. The kingdom of God starts with me, and it moves to my family and friends, and then it goes out from there. It starts here. And another phrase used over and over is this phrase, next to him. Look at verse 1. Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zakur, son of Emri, built next to him. Merimoth, son of Uriah, the son of Hakaz, repaired the next section. Next to him, Meshalem, son of Berechiah, the son of Meshazabel, made repairs. And next to him, Zadok, son of Bena, also made repairs. Next to them, <laughs> repairs were made by men from Gibeon and Mizpah. Uziel, son of Harahiah, one of the goldsmiths, repaired the next section. Then Hananiah, one of the perfume, perfume makers, made repairs next to that. What's the point? Okay, all are called to work. All are to start where they are, start at home, and all are to do it together. Work side by side. The phrase next to him and after him are used over 25 times in this chapter. Catch God's vision and jump in together. Jump in together. In the old, uh, the old campfire song in the 70s, he's really got it. Uh, you're my brother, you're my sister, so take me by the hand. Together we will work until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by, song, side, by side. As long as there is love, we will stand. One preacher said it this way, this way. Nehemiah basically had three kinds of people to deal with. It could be argued that the same is in the church. You've got your constructionists. Those are the people that are all about building. In Nehemiah's day, it was about the people helping to rebuild the wall. In our day, in our, day, in our modern times, it's people building the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. That's a constructionist. And then there are the obstructionists. Nehemiah talks about them in this chapter in verse 5. Look what it says. The next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa, but their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors. So evidently, these high and mighty nobles felt like they were above helping and joining in. They, they, they weren't tearing anything down, but they sure were, for, were refusing to help build anything up. And then finally, you have the destructionists. These are the ones who caused this whole problem in Jerusalem to begin with. They rebelled against God and his ways, and in their rejection of God, God's protection was lifted off of the nation. Now the nation's in bondage, and they don't have any freedom. Today, in our world, the deconstructionists are the people who have as their objective to tear down the things of God and his word. They scoff at Jesus as the only way to truth and life. And it just seems like they keep gaining momentum. They find their way into this institution and into that law and into this direction. And it just seems like we're covered in it as though it's some kind of a disease. And just when it seems like the obstructionists and the destructionists are having their way, along comes a Nehemiah. Or as in what happened to me this week, along comes a Facebook post. It reminds me. Wait a second. 
God is raising up people in this modern world, in our day, all over the place. We just got to see it and point it out. Look at this Facebook post I posted, I, I copied just a couple of days ago. Sometimes I just want it to stop. Talk of COVID, protests, looting, brutality. I lose my way, become convinced that this new normal is real life. But then I meet an 87-year-old who talks of living through polio, diphtheria, Vietnam protests, and yet is still enchanted with life. He seems surprised when I said that this must be especially challenging for him. No, he said slowly, looking at me straight in the eyes. I learned a long time ago to not see the world through the printed headlines. I see the world through the people that surround me. I see the world with the realization that we love big. Therefore, I choose to write my own headlines. Husband loves wife today. Family drops everything to come to grandma's bedside. He patted my hand. Old man makes new friend. His words collide with my worries, freeing them from the tether I had been holding tight. They float away. I am left with a renewed spirit. My headline now reads, Woman overwhelmed by the spirit of kindness and the reminder that our capacity to love is never-ending. There's a Nehemiah. A reason they're reminding us. The destructionists and the, and the obstructions, they're not winning Oh, no, no, they're not winning at all. That is, that Facebook post represents a constructionist at work. A constructionist that is starting where they are in their own heart, and they're letting that influence spread out to somebody else, and there's no telling how many people have read what this woman posted. This kind of thing lights our world up one heart at a time. Somebody reads that, and the next thing you know, the lost are returning from the dead of night. Captives are freed. It's something to see our world coming alive. Father, in the name of Jesus, make this happen in us, where we are, at our homes, in our hearts, moving to our family and friends. Make this spread. Make this constructionist attitude become the rule and not the exception. Hear our hearts, Father. We cry out to you in this song. In Jesus' name.